Hebrews 13 brings us to the end of the book, bringing to a close a list of exhortations and warnings to help us hold fast to the better faith given to us through Jesus. In chapter 11, we had this long list of the faithful who endured all sorts of mistreatment, keeping their eyes on the end prize. And that's not something that happens by accident. It takes daily discipline and encouragement to keep up our grip strength. And Hebrews 12 ended with the imperative to offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is consuming fire. Hebrews 13 is an example of what that daily worship of God looks like that will help us hold on to the end. The first six verses are all about loving one another. It is to always be one of our defining characteristics. Jesus tells us in John 13, 34 through 35, that people are going to recognize us as his disciples through the love that we show. If we don't love one another, then we're offering up false worship and weakening our grip on the faith. One of the greatest but too often neglected blessings we have is each other. It's not good for man to be alone, and so God has given us a community of the faithful so that we can help each other out. For Hebrews, that means showing hospitality. Hebrews 10.34, we see that some of the people that this letter is addressed to had their property seized. So hospitality was crucial in loving one another. But even if homes aren't being snatched away, we need to make a regular practice of being in one another's homes. Relationships are formed by time, proximity, and shared experiences. So bring people into your home. The reference to entertaining angels is a reference to Abraham, who hosted God and the two angels in Genesis 18, and then were hosted by Lot in Genesis 19. And the example of Lot hosting the angels while in Sodom and Gomorrah, I think is especially relevant. Because by hosting others, Lot was able to save his own life and escaped destruction with his family. How many disasters could we escape if we had closer friends in the faith? So we're to remember each other in all of our circumstances. When others in the family are persecuted or thrown in jail, we're there to be with them and minister to them. When others are mistreated, we're there to offer comfort because we are all part of the same body. Then in verse 4, we're told to honor our marriages and warned against sexual immorality. Far too many take their marriages for granted. We hear talk of how marriage is like prison. He calls her the old ball and chain. She complains that she was tricked into thinking he was Prince Charming. And both just make each other miserable. Well, God wants us to honor the marriages that we have, to hold them in high esteem. Are we honoring our marriages when we speak evil of our spouse, embarrass or insult them publicly or even privately? We're to always remember that our marriages are to be like pictures of our relationship with God. Just as we're in a covenant relationship with him, so we are with our spouse. And if we can't honor and stay faithful to our spouse, what does that say about our relationship with God? And then in verses 5 through 6, we're reminded that if we're to let brotherly love continue, it means loving things like money a lot less. God has made a promise in verse 6, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? We have each other. We have God. We have our spouse. What more do we need? Now, continuing on the chapter, not only should we cling to each other, but the word of truth given to us by Jesus. In verse 7, we're to remember our leaders and the word of God that they spoke to us. That is, don't fall for anything new. As Hebrews puts it in verses 8 through 9, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. See, Jesus has not changed his stance on anything in the past 2,000 years since he first showed up. But so many people want to change Jesus with the times. 
soften his sexual ethics, erase judgment, or introduce some new idea to be attributed to him. Compromising our faith is letting go of the true gospel that Jesus has given us. We're told to hold on tight to his message, not to any other. And many of those messages pop up over the years because people are tired of being on the outside of society. They hate the shame or the persecution, and so soften the message and make it more palatable. But we're to remember the shame of Jesus as our sacrifice. This is what verses 10 through 14 are talking about. Under the law of Moses, the sin offering was made at the tabernacle, but the body of the sacrifice was taken outside the camp. Hebrews uses this as an analogy for us, that Jesus suffered outside the gate in shame, and that we're told to leave the world behind and go out to him. Because in verse 14, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. To get a better grip on our faith, we need to let go of the worldly things that weigh us down. So don't let go. Keep doing good. Keep listening to the truth. Pray for others and trust in God to equip you to meet the challenges ahead.